Hey guys, it's Liz Kelly and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. I want to tell you about our new show. Can I still leave for a second? The Ringer's Guide to Colton Season streaming now on Hulu. The show is an inside look into Colton Underwood's season of The Bachelor starring Ben Higgins, Rachel Lindsay, Lauren Zima, and our very own Juliet Littman. Make sure to tune in before Monday's finale for never-before-heard insight into all things Bachelor Nation. Streaming now on Hulu. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show. I'm Robert Mays, joined as always by Kevin Clark. Kevin, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Uh, still getting over the, what, 25 minutes where Antonio Brown was a bill last night? I was asleep, so <laughs> I was unaware of that until a little bit later, which is great. Uh, that's a really not, fun stretch of NFL history right there. I'm not going to be one of these people who take a shot at the city of Buffalo. I actually quite like it, especially when the weather is nice, uh, that, that region of the country. I will say, however, that Antonio Brown's 25 minutes with the Bills was maybe the best stretch of any Bills player the last, uh, what, decade? <laughs> it's a great moment in Bills history. That's what I'm saying. We're going to remember that's this Shady for a very McCoy, long time. McCoy, you know, some of the defensive linemen, I, I, I have a lot of respect for, but Antonio Brown's 25 minutes. It was this LaShawn McCoy snow game. Yeah. And this, those are, those are the two best moments. I guess making the playoffs counts. Tredavious, sure White, Tredavious White is good. He, he um, is good. But he man, those 25 minutes. We're going to talk about free agency today and pretty much every single free agent offensive lineman. I do. And I did. I wrote about that today. I did potential landing spots and I said the bills for every single one because they need more or less five offensive line starters. It's not going great there in terms of offensive hey, talent. This would have been a that, coup. How about that Kevin Zeitler, Olivier Vernon trade? So let's get into some of the news outside of Antonio Brown. And that includes the Kevin Zeitler, Olivier Vernon trade. I love player for player trades so much. Yeah. And this is a perfect one. It's the definition of a win-win for both teams. The Giants desperately needed help on the offensive line. They were another one of those teams. You know, you could have seen Roger Saffold going there, maybe a free agent tackle. And now they managed to figure out that spot at guard with an established player. I mean, Kevin Zeitler makes a lot of money, but, you know, with these type of deals, you have your contract and your annual salary. But when you get traded, your signing bonus is getting paid for by the original team. So it's affordable. You know, his cap hit is 10 million this year, 10 million the following year and 12 million the year after that. He's a very good guard. It just seemed like the Giants or the, excuse me, the Browns felt like they needed pass rushing help. And this was a contract handed out by the previous regime. It makes sense on a lot of levels. Sure, sure. Uh, it's fine. It, it's a definition of a fair trade. I don't think it's going to tip the scales either way. The Browns now have some really good edge depth, but this is not the difference between, you know, seven wins in a Super Bowl. I think I think the Browns are going to be really good this year with or without Olivier Vernon, but good for them for adding some edge depth. It's just a smart way to use your cap space if you're the Browns. I mean, there aren't that many edge rushers that you'd really want to pay, and there certainly aren't any pass rushers on the market right now that are better than Olivier Vernon. So this is a way to use the money that you have while getting a better player than you'd possibly land in any other way this offseason. Sure, and that's one of the things I want to tackle here because the Browns have $78 million in cap space with their top 51 players, which is how they they calculate in the offseason, okay? The best players you can get right now are via trade. Antonio yep. Brown, Odell Beckham. Uh, it's a little different category, but Josh Rosen is apparently available for trade. Those are the guys who are going to have, you know, Rosen is not going to have a huge impact in 2019, but Odell and Antonio Brown are the best players who are currently available in any form. What I think is really interesting is you have the Colts, $105 million in cap space, the Jets, 97, the Browns, 78, the Bills, 73, the Texans, 68. That's a good team with, with a lot of cap space. 
there's not a lot of guys to spend that on. No, and especially that's what's this year. So fa- no, t- typically there are better players in free agency. What is so fascinating is if you're okay at safety, which is a very deep position in this free agency. If you're okay at some of the other, you know, I think there are some really interesting wide receivers. For instance, um, there are some interesting defensive linemen. But if you're okay at those positions, and you've got a hundred million, like what are the what are the Colts going to do? They have a hundred million dollars. You could see the Colts signing a couple of the bigger name guys on the market, though, right? You could because, absolutely. I mean, they have the money and they have needs at positions where some of the better players are available. Also, all of their good players are rookie. Like they don't even. It's not like they're they've got a ton of guys coming up next year. No, this year rather. No, they don't have a they, they, no no need to revisit Darius Leonard right now or Quentin Nelson. <laughs> we're gonna yeah, be all their okay. best players were acquired in the last two seasons, so they don't can really I, have to worry about can it. Can I give you a stat from Kevin Bowen that I'm just blown away by that gets into why the Colts have over hundred million dollars in cap space? You certainly may. If the Colts re-sign Clayton Gathers, he will be the first Colts defensive draft pick to re-sign with the team since the 2009 draft when they when they uh, re-signed uh, Philly Moala. That is an impressive level of terrible drafting. No like, it's one almost hard to do that. In the last 19 defensive draft picks, this is via Kevin Bowen, not one person signed a second contract. Good Lord. The Ryan Grigson era, everyone. What are we doing here? That's, that's almost impressive. It's hard Meanwhile, to do that. every single player that Chris Ballard is drafting is just going straight to Canton. <laughs> no one Grigson drafted on defense has ever got a second contract. They're all out of football. Bjorn Warner is in doing you know, TV in Germany. And meanwhile, we're just putting Darius Leonard in Canton. Yeah, they're, the Colts are getting guys like Marcus Hunt and extending him rather than you know, having guys that they're not that aren't worth uh, retaining at this point. It's right. Yeah, I. Oh man, Darius Leonard is the best Colts draft defensive draft pick in how long? Uh, I don't know, Dwight Franey. Oh, it's pro- probably after that. Bob Sanders. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking. Franey, I'm joking. Right? I'm but joking. It's, I don't think you're I'm that overstating far off. it for comedy's sake. Um, yeah, no, it's it has not been good on defense. All right, so let's dig into a couple of these positions specifically. Let's do it. Let's probably start with the. Defensive lineman. Uh, we're going to combine mm. edge rushers and interior defensive linemen here because most of the bigger name guys available in this class are either this are their defensive linemen or safeties. Safeties, so yeah. I, I think that after obviously this changes a lot just based on how many guys were franchised. So Demarcus Lawrence off the market, D Ford, Frank Clark, Jadevian Clowney, Grady Jarrett. So yep. pretty much all of the best free agents are not available, which is, gets back to our point that there just aren't that many guys worth spending on. I would say this group starts with Trey Flowers. I mean, he's the type of Definitely. player that becomes available from the Patriots. They don't like spending that much money at this position. And that's why a guy like Trey Flowers, who's an excellent player, is allowed to hit free agency. Yep. I mean, you see it. Trey Flowers and Malcolm Brown are very different players, very different production, but they're both hitting at the same time. The Patriots don't like spending money on D-line because they're just going to find the next Trey Flowers. They've they let Chandler Jones go before that. Obviously, different career, but they let Richard Seymour go when Richard Seymour was seen as one of the, the the top players at defensive line in the NFL. Obviously, he did not carry on that tradition uh, after when's getting to Oakland. The Patriots probably knew something we didn't. They got a nice haul for him, and so I think generally. Uh, the Patriots know what they're doing when it comes to defensive line, but I do think Trey Flowers at $14, $15 million, I think that's a good value. Right? Yeah, Am I, I think wrong? it can be more than that. Okay. I feel like he's going to get saw, more than I that. I saw 15 somewhere. 
I think that I could see, I could see him getting more than that. I could see him getting like 17 million because well, it, dep- it depends how many of these teams with $80 million and no players to spend it on get involved. That's true. And be like, what the culture could be one of those teams. And there are a bunch of teams that need edge rushing help and it's a premium position. And this is the question that's always worth asking about free agency. When you see all these guys hitting the market, the answer that you have to ask why. Yep. Why are they becoming available? And in the Patriots situation, it's because they don't value the position. It's not because Trey Flowers isn't good. It reminds me a little bit of Calais Campbell. When Calais sure. Campbell hit the market and they just couldn't afford him based on how they'd spent elsewhere. And you could see him playing a slightly different role in Jacksonville. His numbers think, weren't great. I think Calais Campbell is a much better player than Trey Flowers. I think he's a better player, but I, I'm just saying in terms of you could predict and anticipate the production being a little bit better, sure. even if it hasn't been in the past. Sure. I th- th- there's a reason all of these guys at D line are, are on the open market. Flowers, we understand. Sheldon Richardson, Mo Wilkerson, uh, Sue is on the open market. Ziggy Ansah, Dante Fowler, even Clay Matthews. Everybody has a reason. And I would say the if if the 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 least worrisome reason, as you said, is Trey Flowers, which is that the Patriots thinks they're just going to find the next Trey Flowers somewhere else. Who? Where do you think he lands? Jeez, I mean, I, I I would love to see him with the Colts. Um, when Me you too. just start when you just start looking at it, I mean, I don't. When you start, let, let, let's just break down the top team, top cap teams. Okay, Houston does not need another more money in pass rushers. They We're certainly good there. Um, I don't know Buffalo. Would they take a flyer on somebody like him? They could. I mean, that's a team that I think what runs with Alexander is a pass rusher that is also yeah. a free agent. I mean, you could see them doing that. They have Shaq Lawson, Trent Murphy, Jerry Hughes. But I mean, if they don't feel like Murphy is a long term answer, uh, then again, they have the money to spend. Yeah. Uh, Miami. Qu- Qu- Cleveland's good. Yeah. Miami, maybe. They, I mean, Cam- Cameron Wake is, I see coming back to football next year. I actually don't know the answer to that. I know he's a free agent, but I'm yeah. not sure if he's made a determination on that. I just haven't heard him bandied about as, as a you know, potential. I mean, he's 37 years old. That's the reason. It's just age and health for him. Yeah. I mean, when I mean, he's he did, on the field, he's still pretty good. Sure, sure. I mean, he has to be a specialist at this point. But yeah, I mean, he's not, uh, you know, he's not worthless at this point in his career. But no, I, I think I think Miami's an interesting thing. I mean, who knows? You, know, you have Brian Flores, by the way, down there. That's yep. interesting. And there's also the I, same sort of connection uh, with Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Um, and if because the Tennessee could probably use a pass rusher. Um, Derek Morgan sitting free agency. I mean, you can make Derek Morgan's the type of guy I could just see the Patriots signing for like six million dollars, right? Like that's what oh, they, absolutely that's, that's going to be their Trey Flowers replacement. If, if the Titans pay Trey Flowers sixteen million, the Patriots are going to play Derek Morgan six, and that's just how it's going to go. I need to ask you a question. Do you know the name of the Texans' offensive coordinator? No, Sean Ryan. No, absolutely not. What it's is it? Someone named Tim Kelly. Oh, the quarterback's coach. Who's the no, quarterback's no, coach? No, no, He was the tight ends coach. I didn't know who that was until the other day oh, is, when is I read real? the name. I'm looking up the staff right now. I swear to God, dude. I swear to God. I was looking up something and I saw the phrase Tim Texans Kelly. offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly. And I was like, dog, what? Who was their offensive coordinator last year, though? Uh, I don't even know. It's the, it, it's these teams with the head coach that calls the plays, and it's no, it's just <laughs> you re- never it's know. just awesome. It's just a wild card. I, you could have given me a hundred guesses. That's great. Okay, let's get into some of these other guys. That was I just wanted to make that very important point. Okay, some of these. <laughs> all right, other other D linemen. 
So I, I would say after Flowers, yeah. then the group behind him is pretty bunched up when it comes to the question. Rockers. Everybody's got a huge question mark around them. Yes. So you have Ziggy Ansah, Dante Fowler. You probably throw Zadarius Smith in there from Baltimore. And Clay Matthews. Let's not who was who was uh, getting after the quarterback before Ooh. getting heavily penalized uh, all September last year. I uh, you can somebody else can sign Clay Matthews. I'm all set with that. No, I'm not. I'm not going to sign him. But I'm just letting you know we're not going to sign him. We're not going. He's not going to be third man on the Ringer NFL show next year. But what I am saying is that he someone might take a flyer on him because at least he was getting to the quarterback before getting 15 yard penalty last year. All of these guys are the types of players that we typically see in free agency. And also, yep. you can probably say is not. I mean, he was franchised and just got hurt and was not a non-factor last year. But you have guys like Dante Fowler, who was banded, uh, kind of banded around teams a little bit. You have a guy like Zadarius Smith, who was a part-time player for Baltimore that's looking for a payday and a bigger role after having really good per-snap pass rushing stats. Who are you most interested in in this group, and where would you like to see them go? I have a question for you. If you're a contender... Do we think about Sue? Because he clearly just oh, ma- sure. he mailed in a season, then turned it on in the playoffs, was actually a, quite a good contributor to the Rams. If I'm a contender and need defensive line depth and I can get him for eight, nine, something like that, I'm I'm kind of in on Sue. I mean, I'd rather have Sheldon Richardson and Dominican Sue than any of these edge guys. If that's it's just a matter of what you need. But in a vacuum, I think there are better options than anyone not named Trey Flowers among these pass rushers. Yeah, I agree. Uh, poor Muhammad Wilkerson. He's he's kind of done, huh? I mean, that's just a really... It went real south real fast. Yeah, that's it for him. I mean, he's probably going to get one more sort of cup of coffee contract, and then maybe that's it. If we're looking at Sue and we're looking at Sheldon Richardson, mm-hmm. are there any landing spots that jump out to you? I mean, I don't know. I mean, some of the some of the teams that, that like taking flyers on a guy like Sheldon Richardson have already had Sheldon Richardson. Like Seattle, you know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily know uh, where to project those guys. I mean, I think that there's, there's just, as you said, a, a bunch up. Where does, and this is completely separate, but where does someone like Preston Smith go? It, that's the problem is guys like Preston Smith, they're like kind of one step down for the teams that miss out on a guy like Flowers or if yeah. you value, I mean, Preston Smith plays a different position than those guys, but he has no, some pass rushing juice. He's almost more like Anthony Barr, which is another name. Anthony Barr, Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith is one of those guys that it's always worrisome. I mean, when you have a guy that was a part-time player and he steps in, you're paying him to be your number one pass rusher. What about late entry to the free agent pool, Malik Jackson? Malik Jackson. I mean, Justin Houston is another guy that you can get that's not part of the comp pick. is 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 he released? I believe he's going to be. Isn't that what they've said? I thought they're trying. I thought they're going to try to trade him. Maybe, like you know, kind of like a Case Keenum type deal. Six for a seventh kind of thing. Well, we'll see about that. I mean, we'll see what happens. But if he's in the pool, then he's another guy that I think deserves very real consideration. Absolutely. A team that I've always, I said it last year in regard to Sue, and they didn't want him, but I thought could be a really fun destination landing spot for somebody that needs interior pass rushing help is the Chargers. Because they yeah, expect to not no. have Corey Legion and Brandon Meebane next year. They yeah, need Legion somebody is there. A, is, is, is a free agent. I, listen, the game has changed in the last five, six years. And when we're looking at, it's not necessarily about who has a gaping hole at defensive tackle or edge or whatever, because some teams are just going to prioritize paying defensive linemen to have a rotation. I yep. think that you look at the Seattle Seahawks and what they were able to do, and they basically set the template 
um, with that 2012, 2013, 2014 run where they have Chris Clemens, they have Michael Bennett, they have Cliff Averill, they have all of these guys where they, some of those picks were just, or some of those pickups were A, obviously extremely undervalued players, but B, it's not like they had a huge uh, necessarily, you know, positional need at one point. They're just stacking talent. And yeah. and that is the model. And so when we say, okay, where is someone like Sheldon Rich going to go? He might just go to a team that already has depth there. But when it comes to deals like that, and the Rams and the Sioux are the same thing, those are one-year stopgap proven contracts. No, but, but, and, and Richardson has had those. And Sue yes. had, had, was on it last year. He might get another one. Dante Fowler might get another one. Uh, Ziggy Ansa has been so banged up that he might get another one. So I think actually the one-year prove-it deals or the short-term prove-it deals might actually become the default for some of these guys with question marks. No one's going to sign Clay Matthews to a three-year deal that's that's guaranteed past the first year. Yeah, if you're in Dominican Sue, it's not exactly like you need long-term financial stability. <laughs> you've, you're, you've done you're okay good. so far. You're good. Yeah, I, I, that is that again. I think you're right. It just puts so many teams in play that we wouldn't typically consider. But I also think that there are teams that need interior defensive line help that would be a little bit more motivated to do it. I think you could no, see Sue in Seattle. I mean, they absolutely need help in that area. They have enough money to spend to go get him. But yeah, you're right. Especially if these guys are more interested in a one year, $10 million deal than they are in locking themselves in for anything long term. The pool is pretty much endless because almost everyone has cap space except for the I, Jacksonville Jaguars who now I, are going to use all of it on Nick Foles. I need to talk about this. The defensive line for the 2013 Seahawks was Averill Bennett, Red Bryant, Chris Clemens, Jordan Hill, Tony McDaniel, Clinton McDonald, Brandon Meebane. Meebane was hurt though, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was on the team. Well, yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Clinton McDonald got a nice little contract out of that from Tampa Bay. One of the many defensive linemen that Tampa Bay has paid and it did not work out. Hmm. It's pretty well, much a, a yearly occurrence for them. It's, I mean, that's true of like everybody they've signed except Deshaun Jackson, basically. Yeah, no, that's true. Oh, God, that one free agent class they had was just so terrible. Was it Michael or uh, Michael Johnson? And uh, who was that tackle that they signed from uh, Cincinnati that was also just as terrible? Oh, uh, Anthony wait. Collins was his name? No, 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 no. Um, from Georgia Tech. Michael Johnson. That's that, he's from. Well, he was the defensive end, but Anthony Collins was the offensive tackle that they oh, yeah, no, signed. No, no. In the Michael same Johnson. Year. Michael Johnson's the Bengal. Yeah. Well, they, both yeah. of them were Bengals. Both of them came from uh, Cincinnati, and both of them were a disaster within like a single year. That tends to happen down there. Yeah, it really does. Okay, uh, let's talk about some of the safeties that are available. Obviously, some of the bigger names available in free agency this year. I would say that Earl Thomas is probably the biggest name available. Uh, he is a guy. Again, you can trace why he is a free agent. Seattle just did not want to pay him. He's been injured a decent amount, but it still feels like he's going to get a deal that might be the most expensive safety contract in the NFL. Agree. I have a question for you. You're an expert on the Chicago Bears. Adrian Amos being a free agent. What? I thought he was good. He is good. So what's why is he a free agent? They've spent a what's lot of the, money in other areas. Question? Okay. Uh, I, I mean, that, I think they're just pretty much against it financially. I mean, they only have about 16 or $17 million in cap space right now. They don't have to. I, I treat this as a good thing, even though it's a bad thing. They don't have to pay a first or second round pick this year. So that op- when we're looking at Great. some of these teams, yeah, Great. exactly. Right. We're looking at some of these teams. You know, the number that you see right now is kind of fake because you have to earmark money 
for your draft picks. The Bears don't have enough draft picks to earmark money. So they actually do have the cap space that it says they do right now. So we'll see what happens. I mean, some of that's going to get eaten up when they eventually cut Cody Parkey and he's going to have some dead money, which is fantastic. But Amos is a good player. I I think somebody is going to get a really nice safety, whoever lands him. Hopefully the Bears manage to keep him. But that's the problem is there's so many guys there that it feels like his value might be driven down a little bit. After Earl Thomas, I'm not sure anybody's getting paid. I totally agree. I mean, Landon Collins is is really interesting to me, but apparently, you know, the Giants didn't value his coverage skill as much as they'd like, which is 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 interesting to me. Um, just seeing what a modern safety should be. I I if if the Giants really don't believe in his coverage skills, then I don't think it's as bad of a a move as many people think. I think there's some really interesting kind of it's almost sort of a mirror image of the defensive line where there's a, a couple of guys that I'm really intrigued by, but then there's a lot of questions. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner being one, haha, Clinton Dix being one. I would still, I would love to have the honey badger in my locker room. Yes. I'm, I would be shocked if he got out of Houston. I just feel like the way they well, talk I mean, about he's him, already he hitting there. the, he's already hitting the open market, dude. Oh, I know. But I, I it absolutely could happen. It's just surprising to me after everything. I went down there during the playoffs and, and uh-huh. talked to him and a couple other people around that team, just about the presence that he'd had and what he would brought to them. And if you hear them talk about him, they, everyone there just loves him, which is that's the player he's become at this point in his career. I mean, he's just a fantastic leader that is pretty much has 100 percent approval rating. So I would be surprised if they let him walk away. But at this point, he's valuable. He's had two healthy seasons in a row. He played well last season. Yeah, he definitely deserves a payday. Poor Dale Buchanan. Wow. Again, it, it went bad real fast there. I feel this free agent class two years. This free agent class is a lot of life comes at you fast. (laughs) It definitely is. Like remember Hawkeye and Dix. Remember I said, and you were right to do, but I was last October. I was like, I think the Packers might trade Hawk Clinton Dix. And you're like, why would the Packers do that? And at that point, Hawk Clinton Dix was considered like a top tier safety. And now I just, I, I can't imagine he gets a significant amount of guaranteed money. I mean, he's the fourth best safety in this free agent class. So that's not really great. I also, I think the NFL teams are making a massive mistake in, you know, you've written about this, about how 2008 was peak safety. I don't necessarily even think that's, I think that safeties are as valuable as they've ever been. And I think teams are making a mistake throwing these guys onto the scrap heap. I, think I just a, don't get it. I, the, the safeties are so important. They're big enough to tackle. They're fast enough to stay with receivers. You have so many great slot receivers in this league. I understand the tight ends have cycled down to where there's only maybe three or four of those quote unquote freak guys. But if you, you know, if you're in a division with George Kittle, I'm going to want a bigger guy back there. That would be great for me. I, I just I feel like safeties are what you need and teams are making a mistake. I understand. I, I, I don't know. I, it, I don't think NFL teams know what they're doing. I don't think NFL teams understand the league they play in sometimes. I guess if you can make the argument, you know, kind of format it this way, you could say, uh, you know, so much more man coverage. These are guys that are guarding tight ends and running backs, not receivers. It, it, that's probably the argument, but I still feel like with the way the middle of the field is used now and how much teams are attacking that spot, yeah. it just helps to have good players there. So I don't know. I don't understand. I didn't understand it last year. I mean, and I, the, yeah, guy who, the guy who was the face of this last season in a way, I mean, outside of Eric Reed, which is an entirely different thing, is probably Trey Boston, who played well for Arizona, and he just was available for nothing in August. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Eric Reed, too. Um, well, that's what but, I mean. That's a whole different conversation, though. Sure, but he got his extension as soon as he signed, which yes. shows you there was there was value in him. There were 31 other teams who were uh, not smart enough to to pick him up. 
So I, you know, you, I don't remember what they finished with, but at one point, Drew Brees was completing 88% of his passes over the middle of the field. Yeah, it hey, probably helps to have a guy that can play you're in that spot. You're going to want a guy who can who can be in the middle of the field and, and regulate if you're going to be playing Drew Brees. Just my, just my two cents. I'm no football guy, but that's my <laughs> advice. I assume that Thomas will get something uh, close to the Eric Berry annual value, uh, even though he is sure. 30. It'll be a shorter deal. I'd assume it's probably like a three-year deal worth like $40 million or something like that. Everyone else, though, I could see them coming in closer to that Tony Jefferson mark that he got a couple of years ago from Baltimore, Let's, which was four years, thirty-four million. I d- I do think he should. Earl Thomas should be delivered to the Cowboys. We just have so, to. Ha- all right, do you happen. think he's going there? That's my question. <sighs> I do. You really I do? do? Okay. I, you know, I, I got to tell you. So this Bryce Harper thing. Remember, everybody was like, he's a huge Yankees fan. And he's just going to go to the Yankees like the talk for eight years. No, he was and, coming to the Cubs. He named his dog Wrigley and he's best friends with Chris Bryant. Cubs fans had essentially penciled him into the lineup. Was he just trolling every fan base? I think was he was. He like, yes. Was he telling like the devil rays he was coming? Did, yeah, he have like a, did he have like a manta ray fish tank in his house to get the devil rays <laughs> fans excited? Just pet stingrays. It's some well, kind of like in, uh, in, in European soccer. There's this meme where every single time anybody signs with a team, they just automatically say it was their boyhood club. They're just like, oh, absolutely. I grew up rooting for this team because you're always, you can be photographed in any, like I probably wore like 50 team jerseys when I was 10, (laughs) right? So like if I signed for the Seattle Mariners tomorrow, I'd be like, absolutely huge Jay Buhner fan. (laughs) We all, we all were though. So that's not fair. Yeah, that's true. We were all huge Buhner heads. (laughs) (laughs) Dallas, it just seems like it's going to be tough for them to do because you have Demarcus Lawrence is a on the uh, franchise tag. You would like yeah. to get a long-term extension done for him. Even if you do, though, it doesn't feel like you'll be able to negotiate his number down that far. I mean, it's $20.5 million against the cap on the tag. I assume he's going to make that annually on his contract. Yeah, you also have Amari Cooper's extension that you have to sign. You can get his number down this year. It's at $14 million. I mean, you get that down to 10 but it's still a chunk of change. The DAC extension, most likely, and you if they want to re-sign Byron Jones, they can't do all that and bring back Earl Thomas. It feels like it's a Byron Jones or Earl Thomas situation. You know how I feel about Byron Jones. Uh, he's a very good player. So those are the type of decisions you really want to make. I think he could go there, but it wouldn't be for when other team could pay him. And if the 49ers come in with a monster deal, which they have shown they're willing to do in the past, you know, market cap be damned about how some of these positions get paid. Ask Jarek McKinnon and Kyle Juszczyk. Then I just feel like he's going to end up going there. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I don't know though. I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him in Dallas. I know playing in those big It'd games be fun. Yes. In that place. It's so rarely happens where that, that all works out as we just discussed, but I, 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 I there'd be something very cool about that. Yeah, it fits. I mean, it's he's a huge name player for a marquee franchise, and it would make a lot of sense. But I just think the realities of it are tough. I have you heard the stories before, about? I, I think I, that I, it I'm makes sorry. a ton of sense. Landon Collins going to the Colts just seems yeah. to fit in my mind because you have Malik Cooker there, who is an excellent free safety. They would pair well together. Darius Leonard and Landon Collins, both as dime linebackers, it's disgusting. So it, that's the type of team where they have the money to spend, and that's the type of player that you should spend it on. Have you heard the stories about how Earl Thomas would basically just like watch the Cowboys in the Seahawks locker room? 
<laughs> no, but that's incredible. And, like he would rush in to like check the Cowboys scores. I someone told that story at, on the radio or something like a couple of years ago. I just thought that was really funny. It was around the time or like a year ago. It was around the time where he like was basically saying I need to play for the Cowboys. All right, before we move on, let's take a quick break. Did you know not all alcohol products are required to list their ingredients? That was news to me. Bud Light is changing the game. They believe that we deserve to know our beer's ingredients, so they put an ingredients label right on their packaging. Bud Light, brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice. No corn syrup, no preservatives, and no artificial flavors. Find out what ingredients are in your beer. Bud Light, enjoy responsibly. AB, Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. All right, let's get to wide receiver where there are, as you said at the beginning of the show, some interesting names, not any huge names, but some guys that I feel like could help some teams. Tyrell Williams is somebody that, again, yep. he's a free agent because they spent a top five or excuse me, a top seven pick on a receiver. They've already paid Keenan Allen. It's just a lot to invest at the position in a way. It reminds me of what happened with AJ Boye in Houston, where they already had Jonathan Joseph on a big contract. They went out and they drafted, uh, Kevin Johnson in the first round. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it doesn't matter that AJ boy is good. It's like, all right, well, thank you for your service. We, we, we don't, we don't have the room for you. And Tyrell Williams was never on that level as a receiver, but he's very good. And in an expanded role, it feels like he could really help a team. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I mean, that's Terrell Williams is, is, is someone I'm really intrigued by. You, you can't really find that kind of speed on the open market. And I'm, I'm extremely intrigued by that. I would say that, there are a couple of skill guys that I'm 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 really kind of honing in on. I don't think Golden Tate is as bad as he looked in Philadelphia. Me neither. I mean, he got dropped into a scenario in the middle of the season when he's having to play a little bit more outside than he had to in the past because Nelson Aguilar is there. I still feel like Golden Tate is a good player. He's not going to get the Jarvis Landry money that he's looking for, but I think that he's worth paying over a couple years. Yeah, I mean, they're... they're I, I totally agree. And I think that you can get him on a bargain deal because he didn't fit in Philadelphia. And I think that there's this meme going around, which is accurate, by the way, that if Philadelphia cannot figure out sort of where to go with you, then maybe a, a worse offensive system, he'd be even worse. Um, but I don't necessarily follow that line of thinking. Um, I think that, you know, Le'Veon Bell is, and let's throw him in here because he's a skill guy. I think he has now become underrated. Okay. I did, I just think that we've all every, every top team has now been rumored to not be in on Le'Veon Bell, and I just want to reiterate that Le'Veon Bell is a really good player. And okay, if you can so, get him on a two-year guaranteed deal for big money, I would do it. How much money? Oh, I don't know. I w- I would try to get him. So I don't think he's going to go more than sixteen a year. Oh, that would be insane. You think it's even in that? You think that's in the realm of possibility? Sixteen million dollars a year for 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 two years over oh, for two, so thirty two million dollars over two years. Oh, that seems insane to me. Thirty two million dollars over two years. That's more guaranteed money than David Johnson got on his contract. Yeah, but he, David Johnson didn't reach the open market. Oh, man, I just, it's hard for me to believe that Le'Veon Bell is worth as much money per year as the Rams are paying Todd Gurley and as David Johnson are playing the Cardinals or is that his Cardinals are paying David Johnson. Le'Veon Bell didn't play football last year. He's on he's the been open market. He's also I mean, he's been suspended as well. Um, I think yeah, I know. When, you, when you get a bunch of teams with over 60 million dollars in cap space, they're going to be OK guaranteeing him 15 to 16 over two years. That would be my just complete guess. Wow. I just would never, ever, ever pay him that much money. Okay. That's really. I, I mean, I, you can, you can, you can tie it in. You can, you can make it. 
you know, you can have per game bonuses. You can do whatever you want to do to where he gets that value up. The, the, the story on him was always that, that he wanted more sort of a cosmetic number than guaranteed money. And if you want to give that to him, go ahead. Hell, sign him to a $20 million a year deal that he only reaches if he gets 2,500 yards from scrimmage. Who cares? Just get creative with it. Yeah. It, it just put in per game bonuses, put in insane incentives. If that's what he actually cares about, go for it. What I'm saying is, is that Le'Veon Bell at his best with all with all the cap the, the, the cap went up again $10 million. It goes up every single year. And if you can get Le'Veon Bell for what, $30 million guaranteed over two years. And he is Le'Veon Bell. And if you can put in, you know, you, if you want to, you can make it, you know, $20 million guaranteed and then put $10 million in incentives, whatever it is. If he's Le'Veon Bell at his best, that's a steal. We've gone too far in devaluing some of these free agents. The cat, the Colts have a hundred, again, $105 million in cap space. What are they going to do? I wouldn't spend it on Le'Veon Bell. What is, okay, what is it? Then tell me what they're going to do with it. Just spend it on Tyrell Williams, Trey Flowers, and Landon Collins. I'd rather. Okay, but <laughs> that's they're how still I'd gonna rather have spend it. it. They're going to end up like the Browns who went out and, you know, traded for Demarius Randall, who obviously is coming up, and traded for a bunch of these guys, and they still, or signed them, and they still have $78 million in cap space. I would save it for somebody that's better than Le'Veon Bell or more valuable than Le'Veon Bell. I, I would rather give Trey Flowers $70 million over four years than spend $15 okay, million dollars per season. What I'm saying is that these teams with a ton of cap, I'm by the way, I'm literally pounding the table right now. I've literally become the GM <laughs> meme. What I'm saying is that those teams you're talking about are going to have cap space left over. If they give Trey flower, it's a luxury item. You can afford if you have that much cap space, you can, you can, you can structure it so that the only reason I feel like you don't do it is if you actually think he's going to be a quote-unquote distraction and he's going to actively harm the team. Other than that, you can make it work. Teams with that much cap space do not need to worry about the cap in the short term at all. Yeah, if you're the Colts and it's a two-year deal, like we talked about before, you have no one they need to worry about paying anytime soon. Give them 20, uh, you can argue that. Give them $20 million in the first year and they make the second year essentially, you know, significantly less guaranteed or unguaranteed and just see what happens. Give them the most money and see what happens. You have the money. If you think it's going to actively harm your locker room, or harm your offense, that's one thing. If it's financial, no, no excuses. The only thing I feel like that could hurt his value outside of just running backs being devalued systematically over the last year. You look at every single big running back contract. That's been handed out at every single team probably has yeah, some yeah, bit yeah. of buyer's remorse right now. Well, I, I do want to talk about that. That's why I'm telling you the like two years is, is where, where it needs to be. Two, two years guaranteed sure. or, or even one year if you want to front load it. But I thought it was really funny the comments that, that Stephen Jones made at the Combine, which were the Zeke contract starts at the, the Todd Gurley contract. Okay. Has anyone checked in on the Todd Gurley contract lately? Every single one of those contracts. It's not just Todd Gurley. The yeah. big, the five biggest running back average annual salaries in the NFL right now, not being given to a guy on a rookie contract. Which it's amazing that Saquon Barkley has the fifth biggest <laughs> AAV amazing. in the league, and he's a, he's Four, a, a rookie deal. Fournette's out there too, and Fournette's seventh. So, yeah. But every single one that's not a rookie contract. Okay, Todd Gurley. Which, sure, if we we want to discuss that right now, David Johnson, who was not very good last year. Devontae Freeman, who was hurt the entire season, mm -hmm. LaShawn McCoy, who averaged something like 3.7 yards per carry last year, and Jarek McKinnon, who did not play. Those are the top five. 
I just think as teams look at that kind of stuff and you could say, you know, those are some freak occurrences and and Bell is better than a lot of those players. Fine. It just really worries me. And then I think if you look at the teams that have money, like you're talking about, the Colts have a ton of money. The Jets have a ton of money. The Raiders have a lot of money outside of those three teams. Are there, is there any other team in the league that you could say, oh yeah, they'll probably want to chase Le'Veon Bell. For the most part, there aren't that many landing spots. Having Le'Veon Bell on your team is better than not having Le'Veon Bell on your team. I'm fine with that. Okay. Again, I just think that we have to talk to a certain degree about how much these guys are getting paid. And I understand that, but it. we've gotten a little too, too much into this sort of ruthless sort of private equity guy cosplay where you can't you can't you know, the Billy Bean stuff, obviously I'm a huge analytics fan and all that stuff, but just this idea that any low cost contract is good and any high cost contract is bad, right? Like I'm with you. We've been thinking about this for two decades since Moneyball. And I do think there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, a great example is the Patriots were dead last last year in rookie money. Well, we all sit around and we talk about rookie money and well, the Patriots don't care about rookie money. Okay. Um, obviously there were, there's a bunch of guys who were making $4 million for them. So it's, it's not like they were going out and breaking the bank, but one of the things they did the year they beat the Falcons was they just cornered the market on eight to $10 million players. Okay. They figured out that inefficiency. What I'm saying is that right now, 14, 15, $16 million inefficiency with the rising cap, that might be where the sweet spot is. You might be able to build a team around that because of the rising cap. So which teams do you feel like are in the mix that you people have not been talking about because they're not necessarily the teams that come ah, to mind dude, right he's away? He's probably going to go to the fucking Jets. Yeah, that makes the most That's sense That's the problem. The problem is he's going to go to the Jets. He's going to disappear. And then I'm going to look like an idiot. So, okay. If you're a team, I, I think the type of team you're talking about right now and just the way it fits and even if the, the money is not necessarily ideal is the Texans, right? If you were the Houston Texans, would you want Le'Veon Bell? Yes, but also if, if the Niners unfortunately already went out and got Jarek McKinnon, who's supposed to be their sort of dynamic back, and he's yeah, you know, they can't cap- pay Le'Veon Bell. No, no, I understand. I mean, they have sixty-one million dollars in cap space this year, but I, I understand that. Yeah, you, they, I don't think you can tie. What would it be like? Twenty-seven million dollars in cap space up in two running backs. I'm not sure. Even with the rising cap, that's well, a they also use of paid resources. their fullback more yes. than any fullback in history. So they're just breaking the norm, brother. That's what I'm saying with Earl Thomas. It's like, well, fuck it. You know, if we want a guy, we're going to go get him. That seems to be the Niners' mo at this point. Um, let's look at the top ten with cap space. Ravens, Titans. The Ravens make so much sense to me. Ravens. Has- I kind of like that Ravens Titans. Uh. Sort of Ravens are number eight in cap space. Titans are number 10. Titans. I mean, do you think he'd go to the Titans? They have Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. They just paid for Deion Lewis last yeah, he's, year. He's better than those guys. Sure. But still, it's just a amount of allocating resources to one position in that way. I just don't think they would do it again. I think they've it, already spent okay, too much. It cannot hurt your t- I, if I'm John Robinson and Le'Veon Bell is like, I will take a 13 million dollar deal over two years. I'm signing that. Yeah, I just I would not do that. I think if you're the Ravens, uh, it makes sense yeah. just based on your offense. I don't know if he'd want to go there with Lamar Jackson, but I mean, he could be the centerpiece of who they are offensively. Why, why wouldn't you want to go there? That would be great. I just think that lo- the long term viability of a quarterback is important for skill position players. And if you have reservations about Lamar Jackson, I could understand being hesitant about that. Yeah, it's not going to go to the Bengals. Number nine cap space. No, probably not. This the Bengals is my, this is my prediction. Uh, I, the Raiders Lions? make a ton of sense to me. Lions uh, at 11. Uh, possibly, but I think that again, they, 
what's the Lions running back's name? Carry on Johnson is a good player. I don't think they <laughs> yeah, necessarily yeah, have an immediate need. They have Theo Riddick. Yeah. I, I feel like Bron- Broncos are out. Hey, if the, if the Raiders got Le'Veon Bell, let me ask you this question. So Antonio Brown sweepstakes, everyone thinks the Raiders might be in on it, right? It, I, I think that the Steelers just run it back. If the Raiders got Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, how many games do they win next year? I don't think that many. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> I just don't think they're very good. I The Raiders are a team that makes a lot of sense to me. If he does not go to the Jets, I feel like the Raiders, you could just see it because they need something splashy. Like they're about to move to Las Vegas and they don't have any players. If they don't get Kyler Murray, which it sounds like they've made no secret that they want him, they need somebody to sell tickets. And I think Le'Veon Bell is the type of player that they would go out and get just because it's a splashy move. That's why the Redskins <laughs> were in on the Antonio Brown thing. It made no sense, but they wanted him because that's what the Redskins They're do. They're trying to get a new stadium, get yeah. people excited. I'm in Washington. I'm in Washington right now. There's a lot of buzz about the Redskins. <laughs> is there? Yeah, I can't walk down the street without anybody stopping, stopping to yak skins. I'm joking. I, I haven't seen anything about the team. All right, very quickly here. before we move on. Uh, do you think Bell ends up at the Jets? That's your guess. Yeah, only because I just think that for some reason, the smartest teams are are so anti-paying or running back that they can't see the forest through the trees. I, I, I hear you. I, I think that he if you can get him on the right deal and you're a team like the Colts, it doesn't hurt you that much long term. And I, I feel like more teams should be considering that if they have just the financial health and outlook that a team like the Colts has. Okay, how about... Tyro Williams. Jeez. Anybody who needs who needs speed. Um, you know who I'd like to see him with? And I, I know that this is this is kind of funny when you just look at the top teams. Am I wrong to think that we couldn't get alongside Foster a deep ball offense with Josh Allen going? It makes total sense. I what think if they, we should, just, I, they absolutely what, should be out on him. What if we just just four verts? That's it. <laughs> Just That's probably the right offense with Josh Allen, to be honest. Well, no, that was kind of the thing. We talked a little bit about this on the Simmons pod a couple weeks ago, but you know, when you look at the PFF routes run um, by by passer rating with the receivers, um, Lockett was number one. Antonio Brown was uh, number three, I think. Juju was number two. If you if you're the Seahawks, just trade for Antonio Brown, put Lockett on the other side, and then just four verts. 80 times a game. Let's just Baldwin go. In the slot. Yeah. Let's just go. Yeah. Doug Baldwin in the slot running a drag. It wouldn't be 80 Let's times a game. It. It'd be about 12 times a game. That's the problem. They would. Oh my God. They would get Antonio Brown. They'd have Baldwin in the slot. They'd have Lockett and they'd all run go routes and it'd be a nice little draw right up the middle <laughs> to their first round running back every single first down. The Cardinals are in desperate need of, of receiver help. I think they're going to be in on some of these guys. Uh, I feel like yeah. the Colts are in this in this conversation. I've thought they were a perfect Golden Tate landing spot forever, and I think that they probably will be looking for help at that spot. And with Tate, also, I, th- I think. Oh, also Baltimore. I think they're in on pr- these guys most likely. I they agree. desperately need running back help. I think Crabtree and or excuse John, me, receiver help. Uh, Crabtree and John Brown are, are on the market. Yes, so I feel like. If you with Baltimore, I think it would make sense to go out and get a guy like Tate, but you there's a possibility that they think they have too many middle of the field receiving options already. I mean, they've taken like six tight ends in the past year. Yeah. And then I, I think the Patriots, it's you can't rule them out with Tate. They tried to trade for him last year. There's probably some redundancy with him and Edelman, but they definitely wanted him. So I could see them at least sniffing around. Yeah, uh, it's it's 
I think there's so much money. Again, there's so much money. No one is really capped out. The Jaguars were able to get $30 million in cap space with four cuts. In a day. In a day. Yeah. They woke up the other day with $3 million. Now they can afford Nick Foles plus maybe somebody else. And I just think that that's the new reality. Okay, Tampa Bay's got $1.7 million, but that's that's their Tampa Bay. There's a couple other teams. You know, the Chiefs don't have a lot of money. They will, obviously, as, as it gets closer. But I just start to think... And I, I don't even saw a lock and four thing, but uh, he basically said that the, the Chiefs would trade for Antonio Brown if they could. Like, yeah. And by could, I mean if the Steelers would trade him within the conference to a contender. They could afford it, right? And they, they have enough money. Uh, they've got Just eight, like fit him eight, in right eight now. Point, they have 8.9, but they could sort that out really really easily. Well, they're, and Justin Houston's probably going to Yeah, that's, gone, what so, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just saying my, my over, overarching point here is that there's so much money and so few top-tier guys that it's really hard to project where these guys are going to go because anybody can afford anybody. That's the reality of this cap era. $10 million a year. And we, we talked about the Khalil Mack deal. The Khalil Mack deal is almost a bargain now because of the cap rising. And I think teams are starting to understand that. Premium free agents always become bargains because the cap keeps rising and will essentially until with the CBA in 2021. So let's talk about Nick Foles very briefly here, just the kind of the quarterback yeah. landscape as it exists, because yeah. there isn't much going on. I, the problem with Nick Foles, especially now with Washington trading for Case Keenum, which I don't know about you, I like that. I, they, I know Case Keenum just because they're paying. I'd rather have him. Dollars. I'd rather have him than Joe Flacco. They're playing Case Keenum three and a half million dollars this year. They got the Broncos to take a huge chunk of that contract. To have a starting quarterback for three and a half million dollars and you had to give up nothing for him. I don't care if you don't like Case Keenum. They needed somebody to start for them. I I still think they should pick a quarterback, but paying three and a half million dollars for any reasonable quarterback is not a dumb thing. All right. Here's my question. The Bears are paying Chase Daniel six million bucks this year. Do you think the Jaguars should have traded for Case Keenum? That's a really good question. Because I sort of think the Jaguars should have traded for Case Keenum and gone that route and drafted a quarterback. I'm totally in in on that. I love that idea. I like that much better than giving Nick Foles the Case Keenum contract from last year. The case Ke- the problem with the Case Keenum contract is it goes to guys like Case Keenum. Yes, that's exactly right. And I think Nick Foles is probably closer to a guy like Case Keenum than your long-term answer at quarterback. That's correct. So that's why them doing this, I just, I don't know. It seems like they're hell bent on it, but it was never my preferred option. I would much rather sign a quarterback. And if you can get one for three and a half million dollars, that would be ideal. And then pick one in the first round. And even if you want to trade up for one in the first round, they were the type of team that I felt like it made more sense for to do that than anybody. And it doesn't seem like they're going to do that. Or they're going to sign Nick Foles for... $18 $18 million a year and draft a quarterback in the top 10, which doesn't make any sense to me. That's what so many teams have done. It's what the Cardinals did last year. The bears did it with Mike Glennon. I, I just, it, I never understand why teams do that. I want to talk about another quarterback free agent that we just have overlooked. So Greg Rosenthal and Chris Wesley do a great, great 101 free agent list. Yep. And I was reading it and number, NFL.com for number, those who are not familiar. Number 101 is a quarterback. Who is it? I don't know. I haven't seen. I haven't seen the bottom of that list. No, that's that's the question. It's a trivia question for you. Um, it's Sam Bradford. Oh Jesus Christ! 
Who's going to give Sam Bradford $10 million? Let's do it. I can't wait for Le'Veon Bell to just get like $7 million all unguaranteed. And it's the same team gives Sam Bradford $14 million for no reason. They just panic. So the problem with the quarterback market right now is that there aren't that many landing spots for quarterbacks. So you look at a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who's hitting the market. Where's Teddy Bridgewater going to end up? If Foles goes to Jacksonville, and it feels like if the Jaguars were that interested in Teddy Bridgewater, they would have traded for him a year ago. That's another one of these things. Or just waited. Yeah, These guys are available for not a lot of money, and then teams wait too long and have to pay them like 150 cents on the dollar. So if Teddy Bridgewater is available, is hits free agency and he wants to leave and be a starter somewhere. The only real option right now, as I see it is Miami because no one else needs a starting quarterback. Wait, I I have a question is, are they just going to run it back with Tannehill? Weren't they? I think they're going to cut him, but what then, then Ryan Tannehill is a, is a, is a better option than almost anybody. Sure. But where does Ryan Tannehill go? If he gets cut, yeah, that's my. I, I don't know. I he should just go to Miami. It seems like it's they're one of those done with things. That, no, I what I'm saying is it, like it's one of those things where if Ryan Tannehill were available, the best quarterback for the Dolphins assigned is Ryan Tannehill. Yes, but it doesn't feel like that's what going to be what they're going to do. I'm just saying that that's the reality of it. I assume he'll be a June first cut that will kind of cut wait, down I, on the dead on. money. I'd rather. I understand. I love Nick Foles. But I'd again, I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill on a discount and then draft a quarterback. I'm with you. But it doesn't feel like that's what the, the Jaguars are going to do. They are hell bent on this Nick Foles thing. Let's get I, I, let's get Ryan Tannehill in Tampa to compete against Jameis Winston under Bruce Arians. That is the type coach. of thing they need to do. Let's they, do that. I that, that's why I think a team like. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater would go to Arizona because I don't think Bruce Arians covets that sort of quarterback, but a secondary T- option. Yes. Is it what I say? Arizona. Oh, it's sorry. Jesus. I don't think he goes to Tampa Bay just because I don't think Bruce Arians likes that type of quarterback. I think he wants somebody with a bigger arm, but I do feel like they need to bring in some competition and real competition, not Ryan Fitzpatrick competition. I'm telling you, maybe Bruce is going to be able to execute my idea, which is that Jameis and Fitz look amazing in spurts and then awful in other spurts. So you just keep trading them out and they need only, to keep, Ryan only keep the amazing parts. So they re-signed Donovan Smith. They gave him a pretty big contract to be their left tackle, which that's all you need to know about free agent left tackles is that if you're a human being that can just stand there and not get hurt, you get paid $12 that's million dollars a year. It's so wonderful. They also have some guys they can cut. Um, Cameron Braid's seven million. They have some room that they can get to. But I feel like they're a team that one hundred percent needs to bring in a quarterback because. And if you can get a guy like Ryan Tannehill for, I don't know, what would you be willing to pay Tannehill? Two years, sixteen million. If you could get him for that, 16, would you do it? Sixteen total. Yeah, as an eight million a year. Yeah. If I'm a team that it, it doesn't have a solid starting quarterback, I'm in. I'm in on that. And then I also, I talked about this with Simmons this week. I think every team in the NFL should be trying to trade for Josh Rosen. Uh, Yeah. I mean, why the That's hell fine. not? If he's available for a third round pick, sure. like Peter King reported, it, he's cheaper than pretty much every backup quarterback in the league on a veteran contract. Sure. And I agree with that. I also, I don't think he's that good. I think he's going to be fine. I, I think he's impossible to evaluate it from what the situation was there last year. Right. And even if you don't think he's going to be good, he's worth that price. When when Josh Rosen is 30 years old, is he better than Ryan Tannehill is now? 
Yes. Okay. I, I believe that he is. It be- it was better. Not the same. Better. I think the chances are even that he, I think it's a 50-50 proposition and I would pay the money and pay the price tag of a third round pick to see that 50-50 proposition through. That's what I would okay. say. Okay. So you do you. I like I, I, I do want to give say, up anything for him. It's, if, if you need a law, an answer at quarterback, if you're a team like the Chargers, right? Why wouldn't you just roll the dice on it? You need a quarterback in two years. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, it depends on their scouting. Of it. it depends. Yes, it depends uh, if depend, you no, like but him. Also, it also depends on if they think there's a second round pick or something, or even a first round pick that they like. I mean, I had a conversation with Daniel Jeremiah at the combine, and I said, you know, so Dave Gettleman uses the phrase Kansas City model, which has now been driven into the ground in, in, in the ensuing week. But I said, when you look at a team that has a veteran and might take that first round guy and just give him a year or two. Who is it? And he, he identified aside from New York, obviously identified Pittsburgh and he identified the chargers and it took everything in my power, not to say San Diego there. And, <laughs> and so I, j- and, and I'm starting to think about it and I could see maybe a first, a late first round pick going to San Diego, but I could also, I, 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 take your point, which is that maybe it's easier to just trade for a Josh Rosen, try to develop and see what you have if if it's going to be a third round pick. I tend to think that if you get a couple of teams bidding in there, it goes to a second round pick. We'll see. I would give up a second round pick for Josh Rosen if it was the right situation. Yes, correct. It it depends on where it is in the second round, but I would give that up. A a guy you're going to find in the second round is not as good of a quarterback prospect as Josh Rosen. What would you do with Tyrod Taylor? That's a good question. I feel like he's going to end up being the backup somewhere. Yeah, I and I think a lot of teams will rightfully try to vie for his services. I think if you're Baltimore, Baltimore, he makes a ton I was going to say Baltimore. He's been in the building. Uh, they really like him. I, I'm, I'm in. You I'm also in don't have that. to do much different with your offense with Tyrod Taylor and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You can run similar stuff. So I think it makes a lot of sense on several different levels. Who's your number one free agent? We're just not talking enough about. Oh, that's a good question. I thought you were going to start with uh, the guy we were talking too much about, and I was going to say Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> so we're talking about Josh Rosen a little too much too. I think Anthony Barr is a really good player when he's right, and I feel like if it, yeah. he is the type of player we've seen in years past, he could be an absolute steal for somebody. Even if you have to pay him top dollar, I think he's a twelve million dollar player when he's playing well. And he just is such a huge name and he's was a cog on one of the best defenses in the league for a couple years. Yeah. And it seems like he's pretty far down this list for people. Yeah, uh, totally agree. You know who else is in the same bucket and it's a health question and I really like him and he's mine here as far as not talking enough about. He only played five games last year, but I still like him. KJ Wright. KJ Wright's a good player. I would take a flyer on KJ Wright. And the other guy, it's mostly about health as I understand it. Darrell Williams from Carolina. He had a really bad knee injury yeah. in training camp. He got hurt again. He's only had one year as a starter, but he was good in 2017, man. So if you're kind of t- trying to roll the dice and you have some money and you want to just take a chance and pay a premium that he could be that guy he was in 2017, I think he could be really good for a team. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I think Landon Collins might be the guy we're talking too much about i just because i feel like we've we're now considering him in sort of a top 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 tier class and i really do think that there are uh concerns about his coverage yeah and it's that's not the type of player that you want in the nfl right now right? i, I just, just think that there i just think i think he's really good lot, but... I, I i really like landon collins but i think our tendency it's well earned to try to dunk on dave gettleman has now 
morphed into everything Dave Gettleman does is wrong. Well, the problem with the, the Giants is that they're trying to shore up a lot of holes without a ton of money to do so. And, well, if you and pay, also they're trying to build around Eli Manning. The Giants have spent. Oh yeah, exactly. But that's kind of the problem is that they're trying to win now. And in yeah. order to do that, they're overspending on a lot of players. I mean, you look at the Nate Solder contract. Now they're paying Kevin Zeitler. They still have a hole at right tackle. So <laughs> they traded for Kevin Zeitler and they could still be in the mix for a Darrell Williams type. And they just have so many holes and they're trying to solve it with money and not draft picks that because they use their second overall pick on a running back, if you're curious. So that's the that's the issue is just that it's they're going to so run funny. out of money at a certain point. Did they're all in on on Eli Manning. I know it's so great. I think they'll draft somebody, but the idea yeah, that maybe. they're just like, but no, you know but what? for 29, if they're doing the Kansas city model, they're going to run it back for yes. 2019. It's great. Eli Manning. I have got just the level to which ownership must love Eli Manning. I just cannot be overstated. I understand that they, they, he won two Super Bowls. That's very nice, but I loyalty has its limits in football. We talked about this last year. It would just be a very tearful press conference. It'd be very classily done. It'll be like, Eli Manning would be out of here. Remember what Anthony Davis said? He's like, as soon as I leave, I'm just going to give a very classy Instagram post. Yes. That, like that's, that's it. Eli, we, <laughs> all we want is an Instagram video and you, you know, nice photo of you from draft day. that says, thanks for the memories. That's all we need, buddy. And then we're, we're all set. So we can bring in Ryan Tannehill for a year and they can tank. All right. I think that's all we got, bud. Uh, free yeah. agency opens next week. We will be back responding to it as we have in years past. I'm sure that somebody will give out a terrible contract to an offensive lineman while we're recording and we'll get to respond in real time, which is always fun. Wonderful. Wonderful. It's that time of the year. All right. Thanks for listening to the Ringer NFL show on the Ringer Podcast Network. And we'll talk to you soon.